episode 11 of Rodney's Support. I am your host, Rodney. Uh, no one to introduce today. I'm doing it solo. Um, it's been a little while, but um, it's good to be back. If you haven't, you know, subscribe to my iTunes. Um, just search the show Rodney Supports. Follow me on Twitter at Rodney's Reports. Uh, today we're going to get into some more serious topics. Uh, this weekend we've had a, a few tragedies. Um, with the death of Jose Fernandez, um, and also a death of a legend, Arnold Palmer. Um, I'm not the biggest of golf fans, but I do know a little bit about Arnold. Uh, so along with him and Jose, um, I'll kind of give my tributes to them, um, two legends um, in their respective sports, um, for their own respective reasons. Uh, but first, I'm really going to talk about another serious topic, uh, and that's athletes uh, protesting athletes speaking out on injustices or not speaking out and vice versa. And I, and I talk about this often, but I haven't talked about this. I haven't spoken on this on my podcast. Uh, I just felt like it was getting a lot of coverage already. Um, so I didn't really have, you know, anything new to add to the conversation with, you know, Colin Kaepernick. Um, and one of the big things about protesting whether an athlete's going to protest, whether an athlete's going to stand for national anthem, sit for the national anthem, etc., is that the conversation goes away from why the protests are even starting in the first place, and we forget, you know, why we're we're doing these athletes are doing these things. But now we're talking about, oh, is it okay if? someone sits for the anthem or kneels for the anthem or is it disrespectful to the military? Is it, you know, everyone starts taking sides and we start debating the, the protest and we forget about why people are protesting. Um, and I feel like I didn't want to contribute to the conversation veering off on the wrong path in terms of starting to talk about, you know, should people be kneeling or standing or whatever, uh, which, for the record, I'll say is anyone's constitutional right to whether they want to stand or sit. Uh, I don't think it's disrespectful to the military because the national anthem doesn't have anything to do with the military. It's everything to do with America. Um, me, personally, I hear the national anthem... And at the time, that wasn't an anthem written for, you know, me or my ancestors as a black man. So any person, whether you're black or white, if you choose to not stand for the anthem because of reasons such as that, uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to be the one to hold that against you or think of you as any less. Um, you know, I do understand people who come from military backgrounds, how they feel like that is disrespectful in terms of, I don't know, not being able to pay respects to people who've died for that flag, died for that anthem, died for the right for us to be able to choose, not only for the anthem, but just with anything, really, just being able to choose as an American. Uh, and what I will tell them or tell, you know, that group of people or someone who is, you know, saying something along those lines is that, you know, I think personally one of the biggest tributes you can give to the military is not if you so choose to not stand for the anthem is to not do it because you are exercising the right 
that a military member fought for the right to choose um, now you know we can get into grave debates and with this this one could debate on the national anthem could go on and on um, and that's just not really something that I wanted to dedicate a whole podcast to contribute all my time to because one everyone's been talking about it and two when you get to something like that people are going to be steadfast in their opinions no matter what I say if someone has a dissenting opinion on how I feel then that's just that's just how they're going to feel and there's nothing that I can really say to change their mind and vice versa and that's okay Um, as long as you know people understand that and and a debate doesn't turn into an argument then there's nothing wrong with that but a lot of people have already spoken on that so I don't really feel the need to to beat a dead horse Uh, what kind of sparked my interest in terms of wanting to discuss this today on this podcast was that recently LeBron James came out and said some interesting comments comments that were really contradictory um, within himself if you listen to what he's actually saying uh, in the comments he really talks about you know fearing for his son's safety in terms of police police officers you know you know his son you know looks like Timmy Rice um, you know it could happen to his son if it happened to Tamir Rice you know just hypothetically um, but then to turn around and come back and say, oh, you know, but this isn't a race issue. Uh, it just seems very contradictory contradictory to me. Um, and it just didn't really make any sense uh, because I don't really know as a black man why else you would fear for your son's safety if he's getting arrested or interacting with police other than the fact that he's black. Because I can... I have yet to hear a white athlete come out and say that they fear for their son's safety when dealing with a police officer. Uh, So in that aspect, it just didn't really make any sense. However, the bigger picture uh, in this is that LeBron has really done a lot of community work, a lot of activism work. I mean, it's, you know, well-documented the money that he's put into uh, scholarship funds for kids growing up in Akron, um, you know, and, and to get them to college, to be able to, you know, fund their education. Because, you know, if he's not funding their education, I think the number is 1100 If he's not funding their education and they're not, you know, able to go to college, then what, what are they going to be doing with their lives? You know, they're going to, you know, have to resort to, you know, illegal activities in order to make more than just the bare minimum to survive if you're not, you know, graduating college. Uh, you know, the opportunities are shut from you, which I've learned makes even less sense seeing as though I just graduated college and I've just entered the workforce and it's crazy to really look around and see that, like, a lot of these jobs that, that you're getting out of college, you don't even need a degree to do. Like, you really don't. It's just it's just the monopoly of it all in terms of paying for college, which is a whole business within itself. 
Um, and I'm trying hard to stay on topic and on focus. I'm not going to get into the, the many grave injustices that go into student debt and other things of that nature. But the reason that I bring this up is that, and bring this up talking about LeBron, um, is that Twitter, Twitter, the great place that Twitter is, we start to get into a debate, not we meaning just my timeline, not me actively, but just we as a Twitter collective, um, start to get into a debate on, you know, is LeBron James a sellout for his comments? Is LeBron James, you know, a quote-unquote coon? Is he tap dancing for Nike? Is he doing this, that, and et cetera, et cetera? You know, a la Cam Newton, who I will get into um, because there was also a dissenting opinion um, where people felt that LeBron was getting special treatment over Cam Newton and they were doing similar things. Uh, or the same thing. I think that the situations are different to a certain degree, uh, but I'll get into that in a second. Um, it's just it's just such a tough it's it's just such a tough situation because LeBron has done so much. You know, he's worn the "I Can't Breathe" T-shirts. Uh, he's, you know, stood up, you know, in, during the Tamir Rice situation, you know, that wasn't too far from him. And he's, he's done a lot, you know, even, you know, a month ago, two months ago with the ESPYs, him, you know, Carmelo, Dwayne Wade, Chris Paul stood up and, and made a, a very big statement at the ESPYs in terms of, you know, being active in the community and, you know, trying to better things and turn things around and, and, you know, and things of that nature. So when I first heard those comments, you know, I was like, oh, well, here goes LeBron, you know, just like, uh, I don't know, Cam Newton or whatever, you know, tap dancing and, you know, doing all sorts of things that aren't, you know, genuine, um, you know, because he's doing, he was, he was acting one way. Now all of a sudden, you know, he wants to toe the line to make both sides of the quote-unquote argument happy. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think that LeBron's comments, for sure, they definitely do not outweigh the things that he has done and is doing for the community. That's for sure. Um, I, don't, I don't see how you can... All of a sudden, because then, like I said, two months ago, you know, LeBron was getting big praise for his activism and his, you know, speech at the SBs and all of that good stuff. So now, you know, LeBron, quote unquote, say, says, you know, all lives do matter. You know, the cop thing isn't a race issue, things like that. So, how, you know, how is LeBron different from Cam Newton in terms of, I guess, you know, quote-unquote being a sellout? And, I don't know, maybe, maybe I am picking and choosing, you know, and I don't have a problem with Cam Newton, I don't have a problem with LeBron. Uh, in terms of just them as people or them as athletes, you know, I think that they're both great at what they do, I don't have a problem 
with them as people. I don't have any vendettas against them. You know, I don't have a problem with them. You know, I'm, I'm making a disclaimer like I'm Stephen A. Smith, you know, before I get to my point. Um, but just in terms of LeBron, I just think that if you look at his entire, you know, statement in totality, the entire minute and 34, um, to, to, to pick out, you know, five to ten seconds where he made the comment about all lives mattering and um, makes a comment about, you know, race being, down, basically downplaying race, uh, it just wasn't significant enough in the, in the totality of the context uh, for me to feel like LeBron is, you know, being a sellout or doing this and that. Uh, whereas Cam Newton, Cam Newton, he just, I don't know, maybe, and it's just the fact that it could just be PR, it could just be how they handle the media, because, you know, LeBron is a seasoned athlete in terms of handling media. He, this has been something he's been doing since he was 16, whereas Cam is just, I mean, he's got, he's got a lot of bad publicity, so he's you know, more recently he's been trying to change his image and he just looks overwhelmed when he starts talking about, you know, these issues and, you know, the Panthers are bringing in, you know, a GOP correspondent to coach Cam into talking about race um, as to, you know, I guess to stay PC or to, I don't know, not lose fans because he's in North Carolina versus LeBron being in Ohio. I'm not sure. And, that's, and I'm not even sure if it's something I can really put my finger on. But I just don't... I just... Cam Newton comments... Um, no, he hasn't made any comments today, but just his, his past comments, uh, it, they just rubbed me the wrong way. You know, it's Cam Newton saying, you know, we're all the same color... Like, that's a big difference in saying that race isn't an issue. To me, that's not the same thing as saying that, we're, you know, we're all the same color, you know, under our skin or whatever the comment he was making. The only difference with us is one-eighth inch, which is, like, the, the pigment of our skin or something. I don't even know. Like, the, like, his, like he just doesn't even sound genuine when he says it. It just, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. But my overarching point, and I feel like I've, I've backtracked, or not backtracked, but just gotten sidetracked a little bit, is that when these athletes are making, you know, their statements, you know, if we're not, if they're not saying the exact same, the exact things that we that we want, then you know, we're gonna jump on their backs, so we're gonna call them this, call them that, call them a sellout, you know. Even if, you know, for example, LeBron, I feel like most people will tell you for about a minute, a minute 15 out of the minute 30 second clip, he was saying things that most people would agree with. But I guess, you know, in the African, African-American community, you know, then he, and he says one or two sentences, not all of a sudden, you know, throw out everything he's done. You know, now he's this and that negative, you know, he's tap dancing and he's doing everything that, you know, a sellout would do. And so, I think even a bigger issue, and there's just so many issues, I don't know, I need to, like, break this up into multiple podcasts or something. It's just, like, we we are just looking to athletes too much. Like, 
Like, they're athletes. They're not, you know, <laughs> Michael Crabtree had a great quote on this, saying that, you know, great as in funny. I don't even know if this was necessarily the right thing to say, but just saying that, you know, I'm no, I'm no Martin Luther King, I just play football. And you know what? I can honestly respect that stance because, you know, that's all he is as an athlete. If he's not an athlete, then he's another, you know, guy just walking on the street. I'm not going to, I don't care about my, the next man's opinion necessarily. You know, I want someone to have a similar opinion to me, but if your opinion is different than me, I'm not going to get worked up about it. Like, you know, it is what it is. Like, I'm just going to talk it up to, you know, you, you grew up different than me. We're built different. You know, it is what it is. But then an athlete gets a different opinion than me or, you know, just in general than someone else. And all of a sudden, you know, we want to slander them and call them this and that. And, you know, it just, it just doesn't make any sense. But then, but then, but we want athletes to be role models and say something, but only if it's the exact thing that we want them to say. And it just doesn't, it just, as an athlete, and Cam did make a good point on this, it's just a lose-lose. You're, all athletes are just in a lose-lose situation. Because even if they're saying something that I want them to hear, there's someone else who has a different, differing opinion to, than me, and, and, and if they don't agree with it, now they're mad. So, it's just tough, you know, and, and not everyone has the courage of Colin Kaepernick to just make as big of a stand as he did. And, I mean, and Colin Kaepernick is probably the most courageous person I've seen to be able to start this whole conversation, movement, etc., um, in terms of the national anthem. You know, it's, it's, it's unprecedented, unprecedented, literally. And that's, and that's, and that's wild. And I feel like we're all expecting everyone to be a bunch of Colin Kaepernicks and making a stand and doing this and that. And it's just not fair to the athletes. But that's just my two cents on it. Um, I'm going to continue to monitor the situation. Above all else, I just think it's really important that above what people are saying, I mean, and it's obviously nice for athletes to come out and say Black Lives Matter, to raise their fists, to kneel during the anthem, etc., and to raise awareness. The raising awareness does not equate at all or even come close to actually putting money back into the communities that you're talking about. Actually, you know, mentoring an athlete or a, a, a child or doing something, actually doing a verb, doing an action versus that's not talking actually doing something and contributing something that's going to be a lot more everlasting than just words that, you know, in a couple of days after people are done reporting on it, aren't going to, you know, hold that much weight because we've moved on to something else and something, someone else has said something and whatever. And, and that's not to say that talking about it isn't important because that's how everything gets started. Uh, but if you're talking and doing nothing, like if Colin Kaepernick was kneeling for the anthem, but then he was giving back no money to his community, that would really belittle his action of kneeling for the anthem. So you need both. But being being in the situation that the athlete is in, in terms of being this having a double-edged sword, uh, just you're bound to upset someone. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I can understand if an athlete wants to just not say much 
but behind the scenes, you know, they're contributing to communities. That's great. And to me, I have no problems with that whatsoever. None, none at all. I, I have no problem with that at all. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to try and just say my two cents on these types of things a little more. Uh, it's the first time that I've really, at least on this podcast, really said how I felt um, about the recent, you know, uh, I guess trend in athletes being outspoken. And I think that the trend is great, and I, I really hope that conversation continues. Um, but I really also really, really hope that it becomes more than just a conversation and people are actually doing things. Um, and that's a challenge, you know, just to myself to try and find something to do to contribute as well. Um, obviously, it's not going to be on the same magnitude as LeBron putting a thousand kids through college, but, you know, every little bit helps. And that's really what's important. But, yeah, that's really what's important. Now, Jose Fernandez. Another another guy who was impacting a community, but a different community. Really, the Latin community, uh, specifically the Cuban community in Miami. Um, you know, to see him pass away at the age of 24, no matter how what his contribution was as an athlete, to be 24 years old and die is sad, regardless. But to one have the talent that he had that was like out of this world talent uh, coupled with the fact that you know he's a Cuban defector it took him four tries to get to America from Cuba uh, just to see you know I, I work at Highly Questionable so um, you know Dan Lebertard is one of the, the hosts and him and his dad were just to see how hurt they were uh, about the news was just was something um, was just, it was just really sad uh, because a lot of, you know, similar to how Colin Kaepernick is kind of is, is speaking for a lot of the vo- voiceless um, African-Americans, um, Ho- Jose Fernandez was, was playing baseball for a lot of Cuban-Americans and a lot of just Latin Americans uh, and just a lot of people in Miami who, who could kind of live through him in terms of being you know, someone who not only took himself out of poverty, but took his entire family out of poverty. They all left uh, from Cuba to come to America. And, you know, he just came, he came from nothing to, you know, being on the, on the verge to being one of the best uh, major league pitchers in the league. Um, You know, he was doing, he had, you know, like 250 strikeouts and 186 innings this year, you know, with a, a, under a three ERA. And, you know, when athletes pass away, especially prematurely, it's easy to just kind of, you know, be sad because it's like, wow, I don't get to see this guy play anymore. And he was great. Um, and that and that just sucks, which is part of it. Uh, but couple that with the fact that Fernandez just impacted a community and not even a, a direct, not even a community that I'm a part of, but just to see that he was an inspiration to so many others. And you could just, I mean, you could tell in Miami, the Marlins get no type of 
attendance. But when Jose Fernandez pitched, you better believe that the stadium was packed. Um, and that's because, one, he was talented, and two, because, you know, he was, from what I could tell, was a great guy. He was really, you know, exuberant, enthusiastic. Um, you know, I've seen a bunch of gifs on Twitter of him, you know, just getting real excited. And, and that's what sports is really all about. It's easy to forget that. The sports is still a game. It's still there to have fun. Uh, yeah, it's just, it was just really sad to see. Um, now, Honor Palmer, you know, 87 years old, you kind of, you know, it's kind of bad to say, but you, I guess you kind of see it coming. He was due for a heart surgery uh, pretty soon, I'm pretty sure, or it just had happened, or one or the other. Um, and so, and I know, you know, I'm not, you know, going to pretend like I'm some golf aficionado or anything like that. Um, but it's always good to kind of pay respects to past legends. And, you know, honestly, Arnold Palmer was, you know, Tiger Woods-esque, you know, long before Tiger Woods in terms of his drive and uh, just, like, you know, his competitive nature. And, you know, all he wanted to do was win. You know, I could respect any guy who cared about winning more than anything. And that's really what Arnold Palmer was all about. Um his ability to just go out there and just not care about anything else but winning. You know, he's to this he was eighty seven years old and he'll and he'll tell you that he he didn't like Ben Hogan. He's you know a a competitor and rival of his from the sixties and in the late fifties. And you know, and that's and and not because, you know, not for petty reasons, you know, Ben Hogan uh, you know, would wouldn't even address Arnold Palmer by his first name because you know he felt like Arnold Palmer didn't really belong on the the PJ tour at the time. Uh, before Arnold Palmer ended up beating him, you know, in the in the Masters, uh, I think I want to say that was 1958. Um, he didn't want like you know he just called him fella, you know, and I and I was reading the article on uh, ESPN about Arnold Palmer and uh, you know Jack Nicklaus used to had told Arnold or told a reporter who was talking to Arnold, like, you know, kind of downplay it. You know, Ben Hogan used to call everyone fella. And then, uh, you know, Arnold, <laughs> Arnold Palmer would say, you know, you know, F, F Jack Nicholas, he doesn't know what he's talking about, you know. And I, and, and I can appreciate that just because, you know, he's tr he seemed like a guy who was true to himself. And, you know, he wasn't going to change. Uh, he, he had that same chip on his shoulder at 87 years old. You know, I can, and I can really respect that, you know, it's just, and like I said, it's not like I, I've, I've never even watched a full se uh, 96, what was it, 18, 72 holes of golf, uh, not 96, I don't know where 96 came from, I've never watched a full 90, 72 holes of golf, you know, and so I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the biggest Arnold Palmer fan, uh, but at the end of the day, um, you just got to respect greatness, and that's really what it's all about, um. So yeah, thanks for listening to Rodney's Reports, um, episode 11. Sorry, the tone and mood of this, this podcast is a little more serious than, than what I like. Uh, but given the recent incidences uh, that I've spoken on, I just felt like it was really appropriate uh, to kind of to state my opinion and just air out my voice um, and just, you know, just give my two cents to the conversation, uh, whether what the conversation is, um, I just felt like it was appropriate. So, 
hopefully uh, this is a, a, a podcast um, format I don't have to do often in terms of talking about issues this serious because I really like to believe that sports is an outlet to these things a lot of times. I mean, it's not something to just avo- like that just avoids it because sports is also a good platform, uh, like you know, like Colin Kaepernick has shown uh, to state opinions and you know things of that nature. But the majority of sports and why people I think love it is because you know, no matter how you know rough things may be at at a certain point in time. Uh, you can escape reality for two to three hours and watch your favorite athlete or watch your favorite team play. And, you know, just, you'll just have, you can just have some fun. Um, you know, just enjoying the game, which whatever game it is that you love. Uh, so, yeah, this is episode 11 of Rodney Supports. You know, catch me on Twitter at Rodney Supports, R-O-D-N-E-R-D-N-E-Y. I can't even spell my own name. R-O-D-N-E-Y-S Reports. Uh, search that on Twitter. Rodney's Reports to, to subscribe and or on iTunes. Yes, yeah, so I'm trying to wanted to get off here. On iTunes, search me. Rodney's Reports to subscribe. I'm looking for subscribers. I just got on iTunes. Um, oh, yeah. And I do another podcast. Yeah. Great, right? You get to hear me twice. Wonderful. Uh, catch me on Rock M Nation with my co-host uh, Tramel Rags, uh, who's out in Como doing his thing at the zoo. Uh, you can search Rock M Radio uh, on iTunes to find find me on there as well. Uh, you can follow Rock M Nation uh, to get updates, or follow my Twitter, of course, to get updates on when that's coming out. Um, kind of a change of pace from this. But, you know, who, who doesn't want to hear me, you know, double the times that you could? So why wouldn't you listen to it, right? Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, watch out for episode 12.